I can't watch any YouTube content without fitness commercials popping up. And they're always these contrarian, oh, you've been told this, stop doing cardio. You know what? You know why you can't lose weight? Because you got 50 pounds of shit in your colon and you need this supplement. People believe that stuff. We want to believe what is unbelievable. When we have that deep, deep desire to want something to be true, we're pretty easy targets for this. Is this like that quick, easy, emotional decision or, or am I thinking through this logically? It really is targeting a lot of that internal pleasure centers and, and the, the neural connectivity and man, they want you to buy their shit. They're going to figure out how to do it. What's the potential outcome if you believe or don't believe that if you buy or don't buy that? And why do you have to make that impulsive decision now? Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Tyler Weed. Today, we're going to talk about, um, I guess, just cutting through bullshit, not, not getting duped, not getting taken, conned. And uh, I think this is kind of a, an obvious thing to talk about right now in society. But at the same time, there are so many layers to this. And it goes back to some themes that we've brushed up against in the past, which are just, just how do you know what to believe and, and how do you put into place things that you think are going to work and critical thinking. But I'm going to give you an example. Well, I'll give you, give you two quick stories. First of all, I can't watch any YouTube content without fitness commercials popping up. And they're always these contrarian, oh, you've been told this, stop doing cardio, or you're going to gain weight doing cardio. And you know what? You know why you can't lose weight? Because you got 50 pounds of shit in your colon and you need this supplement. And, and I literally take screenshots of those with the intent of posting parodies. And then they're just so just dominant and, and, and unrelenting that I just don't. But they work. Like people believe that stuff. And, and I'm going to give you a quick example. I had, a, I had a friend of mine come in and he was telling me, hey, uh, you need to watch 2,000 Mules. I'm like, 2,000 Mules? What is that? <clears throat> he says, it's a documentary. You got you to watch it. Look it up. And I'm like, well, what's it about? He said, we got to look it up quick because they'll probably take it down off the internet. And he said, you know, you know how the election was stolen, right? You know how it was all rigged, right? Well, this guy has the evidence. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I initially just laughed and I'm like, okay, tell me what the evidence is. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes through it. And, and I say, well, you, you do realize that there were three and four hand recounts in each state in question. And every single time there was not more than a handful out of tens of millions of ballots that came up different. Oh, well, that this explains it. This, this documentary explains it. And I said, you do realize what a hand count involves, right? Like looking at your name, looking at your signature, looking at your dress, matching the physical ballot to this. On, 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 on. So then he, I asked him about the guy who, who did it. He didn't know. So I looked it up. The person who did it has spent time in federal prison for election fraud and is a known conspiracy wonk. And yet, guess what? On just the sale, the bootleg underground sale of what he's done, he's already made more than $10 million from people like my friend. So what I, I have kind of a short list, Tyler, that I want to go through of ways for you to, because it's simple. It's, it's so simple it, 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 in how we want to believe 
what is unbelievable. It, it, when we have that deep, deep desire to want something to be true, we're pretty easy targets for this. And, and I'm just curious, I mean, I'm sure you have been duped in the past. You believe things that didn't turn out to be true and you've changed your mind. So, so how do you filter through things like that? Like what, what's the first grid that you, you think through to decide if something is true or not? I think uh, a big warning flag and, and kind of the first one I always you know look at is this is the only way to do something. Like if someone is telling you all other ways are wrong, this is the only way said and done black and white. That's always the first red flag that pops up is if someone is not willing to step off of their point and consider different ways of doing things you know, they most, most likely have some type of hidden agenda. Mm -hmm. So I, that's really good. That didn't even make my list. That's that. I love that. (laughs) So top four now, right? Now now it's a top five. I had top five. Yeah. That's going right on there. Um, So my first thing where where I decide, just like I did with my friend, I asked him who's behind this. Let me see the credibility. Let me see who it is. So that's what I do. So in my examples of the YouTube videos, let me see who this is. Is this just an actor hired for something? Is it some kind of, you know, fitness influencer that has absolutely zero education in any part of health science? You know, I want to know, because obviously if it's somebody, oh, wow, this person has a PhD in biochemistry and they've done all this and this, I'm like, okay, wow, I, I better dig a little deeper. They passed the first test. It's somebody that has some answers. Reminds me another YouTube, actually Netflix star, Bob Lazar. He's this guy who even Joe Rogan believes like he's this MIT scientist. He was he was hired by the government, by NASA to reverse engineer these alien spacecrafts. And he's like he knows aliens exist. Well, guess what? He didn't graduate from MIT. That's a total lie. He didn't graduate from Southern Cal. That was a total lie. And when he said he worked at the Los Alamos uh, lab and, and he was a physicist, guess what he really did there? He was the security guard who would scan badges of scientists. Uh, I mean, he worked there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, you have to just dig, yeah. like, like before you make a decision on who to believe, it doesn't take that much investigation to at least start to, like you said, pick up on a red flag or two. Or maybe they pass a test or two and you keep going. Which is kind of like the surprising part, but not the surprising part and how easy it can be to dissimulate something, you know, a a claim fairly quickly. And yet it is such a a pervasive thing now within our society. Maybe not. It's always has been. It's just easier to obtain or it's easier to get the information out it's it's easier to you know find our tribes now um but yeah it, it's 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 pretty amazing at the level of like what we stop at when we read something that maybe confirms like an unconscious bias like we like read like a three-letter headline we're like oh oh yep yep that agrees with me and then we go about our day it's like we don't even almost read, read the article even anymore we just see the headline and we just automatically assume well there there's the you know positive for my opinion or the fact or, or what have you. And that's where the kind of the buck stops. And that's, that's another one that made my list, which is how badly do I want to believe this? Because that's going to make me 
more susceptible. So, so no joke, the same guy who told me about the 2000 mules, he also told me that he got scammed. He got a, he got a truck stolen. He had a, you know, 30, $40,000 Jeep Grand Cherokee he was selling. And he said, a guy came in and he's like, sight unseen. Like, oh, I saw your ad. I want to buy this. I, I, I want to get it. And uh, so he's like, you know, you don't want to see it. No, I don't need to see it. I'm going to, I'm going to send you this check and, you know, I'll, I'll come pick it up. And so my friend again thought, okay, this is a little, at least doesn't pass the first test. It seems a little too easy. Yeah. He's like, here's my bank. You can call this number, call my bank. So he does the deal, check bounces. And then the guy, the the guy's gone. He's stolen car. Now he's got no money in the car, out of money. And and, and all it took was one more player. Like, I'm going to give you this number. And I have my friend answer. Hey, first national bank, blah, blah, blah. And again, like he wanted to believe like, wow, I'm selling this car. How easy I'm getting full price. If you want something to work badly enough, you're probably willing to give too many passes. And so you really have to check your own incentive. Yeah. And that's, and that I think takes a lot of skill. Um, And it takes, you know, someone to really, I think, shake up who they are on a, you know, on a yearly, daily, weekly basis, right. We're constantly checking our own biases. You know, when we, like, I don't for myself, like when I'm trying to make a decision, one of the hardest things I have to try and figure out for myself is, is this a bias that I'm trying to, you know, work through or do I truly want to make this decision? That is like the biggest struggle. And, and I'll, I mean, shit, I'll, I'll stress over it for, for, for days and weeks and, and really try and test myself of, yeah, is this like that quick, easy, emotional decision or, or am I thinking through this logically and not to say emotions are bad, but I think when you're kind of able to get to that point, you're going to be a lot tougher to fool with the bullshit that's out there because you are already constantly checking your own biases. You're aware of those. That's just going to make you a lot more aware of everybody else's biases as well. I mean, marketing is like digitized for, I mean, how many times have you talked about something you're going to buy and the next thing you know, it's popping up in your Instagram feed, right? Like I think we've all had that experience. And so it's kind of like everything is just tailored to you. I mean, it's a science it's developed in, in lab, in the lab. Oh, you know, but you know, it, it really is targeting a lot of that internal pleasure centers and, and the, the neural connectivity and, man, they want you to buy their shit. They're going to figure out how to do it. I mean, we're, we're, we're still apes in a basic sense. You know, you know here's a banana. <laughs> well, and that's exactly right. So there's, there's my incentive. How badly do I want to believe this? But then you also, that was next on my list, is to look at their incentive. And this gets a little trickier because, you know, not everybody. I, I was looking through one of, my, one of my college psych books, Humanity's Dark Side, and, and there are some people who are totally just shitty, evil people, and, and they will steal anything from you that they can. That's their way to survive. But there are other people who don't have any just malevolent intent. They, they just think of something is really true. Like my friend just really thought this was true. And he's of one political persuasion. And so here's this other political operative that he doesn't even know has a criminal history of criminal intent. He's just down the feeding chain, passing on this bad information. So in our industry, I think that describes most of the BS we'll believe because somebody could even 
quasi have some credentials and be believable and they're so passionate about a training method or a, a nutrition method or a supplement of some sort, they want to believe it just as bad as anybody else. And part of our protective mechanism as humans, if I can make other people believe this, it confirms my own bias, my own want to believe that. And, and that's where, you know, without any, any bad intent, it really just becomes this, this cycle of, of something getting elevated. And then the law of sheer numbers, so many people are doing this, it, it must be right. And, and I think that kind of circles back like perfectly to, to kind of what I was saying is you can have those people out there with some, like you said, some qualifications. They got my, like a doctor, you know, a DR right behind their name. And again, it comes back to, are they saying that this is the only way of doing it? And that's also then going to help you be able to shift through or sift through the people who do have credentials and claim to be experts and are quite confident about what they're saying. You know, use big words. You understand the A, you know, and he. But once you can then see the, you know, where they're going, are they open to other you know, areas of discipline? Are they open to other tools in the toolbox? If not, again, you come back to, hey, you know, yes, they have the qualifications, but now there might be something a little bit more shady behind what they're trying to sell. And again, right? Like that's another thing they're trying to sell it, right? Like it's a business. Like they, in the end, they don't really give a shit about your overall health. They just care about the money in their pocket. Yeah. And that, that, that's kind of my final point, which is what's the potential outcome if you believe or don't believe that, if you buy or don't buy that? And why do you have to make that impulsive decision now? So that person who is preying on a decision point, as, as you're describing, Tyler, it's typically now, 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 you know, buy this now. Oh, look, there's a clock. You got 10 minutes before the sale is off. Or, you know, it's just if, if you don't, if you don't yeah. do it, if you don't train this way, you're going to lose muscle. If you don't take this supplement, yeah. you're going to, you're going to lose muscle. Yeah. So there's always that fear in that, that, that scare tactic. But let me, let me give you one more story about a family member who has been duped more than twice now in this way. So my, my dear mother-in-law, who's now 80 years old, uh, I remember twice financial advisors gave her the advice, like in a down market, you know, sell, sell, sell. And, and she literally just lost life savings twice, twice. And that was, I, I, man, I I want to say those were not horrible shitty people. They were just stupid. Um, but I mean, tangible, tangible losses because you got to decide now, do it now, do it now, do it now. Then another time a literal scammer called and said, hey, grandma, this is so-and-so. I'm in Florida. I had a car accident. I'm in a hospital. I lost my wallet. I need you to wire me $3,000. And she did it because they literally got her grandson's name from Facebook and called her. And it's like, there yeah. goes money. But again, I mean, think of that ticking clock. Now, now, now. I need it right now. Make that decision. And so whether it's totally innocuous, like we're talking about in our industry and you could, you know, you don't risk losing a lot, but can you think about it just a little bit longer? Can you yeah. investigate a little bit? Can you, can you kind of sift through some of these claims? Look at who's doing that. What's their incentive? Are, are there, as you said, Tyler, other ways to do this? Where does this fit on the totem pole of possibilities? Yeah, I think something we need to encourage people out there who are looking for coaches is 
interview, interview multiple coaches. Like don't just pick one coach, go through a consult where they, you know, you barely talk. They just tell you what to do. And then you're pressured to sign up. That's a coach. That's not going to have your best interest, you know, in heart. They should be asking questions. You know, you should be able to ask them questions. They should be able to explain everything in a way that makes you comfortable. That gets you on the same page. You have a understanding of what's happening. And so, you know, I, I, yeah. So to really put it into our industry is interview your coaches, do your homework because, you know, you're no longer, I think hiring, or you should no longer be hiring a coach just for a set of macros. And, you know, just here's a, you know, here's a general workout program. You know, if you are looking for, you know, kind of that, that change, you know, you should be looking for a coach that has an interest in all of aspects of your life and, and is kind of looking at all of these when they're developing that program and, and talking with you. So save yourself some extreme dieting, maybe save yourself a few bucks and, and you know, definitely interview some coaches. You know, I, I love that advice, um, A, because it does show some thoughtfulness and some assertion. Um, I, I have plenty, like I, I literally just had a phone call yesterday with a potential client and she said, you know, done deal. I mean, for the so, same reason, she has been calling coaches and so forth. And you're the first person who responded back. You're the only one who actually even offered a video chat. And now to have that, that face-to-face kind of interaction. But another thing I do, if that's not possible, I mean, from like, like as a coach for sure, but let's say it's just some, some other type of thing, like a, a training methodology or nutrition protocol, peaking, et cetera, you know, look for more content, you know, really it's something I do just out of reflex. Now it's, I want to, I want to see some interviews. I want to hear this person talk. I want to, I want to hear them articulate more than just whatever I'm hearing as a marketing pitch. And, and it really does either confirm or deny decisions often because if you're very careful and you're putting aside your own confirmation bias once, then, you know, you can, you can pick up some stuff. Yeah. And, and one, I was just kind of thinking about also, you know, how do we discern the expert from, you know, who to listen to? And one thing uh, that I always also always kind of go with is, you know, if the majority tends to agree on most general principles, and, and right now I'm talking like training and, and things like this, so progressive overload, you know, probably get enough protein, you know, these type of general principles, like we can all agree on this. And then, you know, it's the, the, the minutia where we kind of argue and, and, and go back and forth. That's usually a probably a good sign that, hey, you know what, that person is going to be giving out overly good content. They might be a little bit more biased in, you know, five by five is better than three by 10, right? Like, well, you know, either or is going to probably be pretty good for most people, right? We're just kind of talking about the, the small details now. Um, again, that's a, a, a good way to sift through, okay, you know, they've got credentials. So now what's that next level that I can take it to, to, to maybe know who to listen to. Yeah. And that is that you definitely brought up a, a good representation of hierarchy because there's pure BS and then there's factual opinion that can differ. So one of the things I've really loved is that the whole training intensity versus frequency versus load debate is, is pretty hot right now. And so you can listen to a lot of people describe some nuance. I've, I've listened to different podcasts, interviews with this 
directly being the topic and people like like Knuckles, Trexler, Helms, Isratel, Nipper, different people debating this. And, and you can really see some threads at, of, of strength and weakness in their arguments. So when you hear more and more people talk and then sometimes talk together in, in a quasi-debate format, you really start to decide, okay, yeah, that person, they their case really isn't as strong as I thought because of what this person br brings up. And then, of course, you can try those things. I mean, you know, in our industry, you know, aggressive health, fitness, nutrition, you can go try those things and, and probably not harm yourself unless you're you're doing something really crazy, which yeah. which goes back to the, the bullshit level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it really does help you migrate at least to those better conversations where you're you're picking between good, better, best, instead of just totally obsolete and ridiculous. Yeah. This might put you a little bit on the spot, but who would you say is your top three to five content providers that you would recommend people gravitate to? In, in just our industry? In, in, our, in our industry, yeah. I, I'm probably not the best because I'm just not a big social media type consumer, at least in our industry. I, I feel like after... 30 years here. And I, and I know the top people, I mean, they're friends. I, I do podcasts with people like Helms and so forth. So well, and that's um, what I'm saying. Like people like Eric Helms, um, you know, maybe some of the other people at, you know, 3DMJ, um, you know, I know, you know, Lane Norton still puts out really good content as well. Uh, you yourself, um, I'm trying to think of uh, RP strength. They're usually pretty good. So yeah. I, yeah. I think, you know, some of those experts like that, I think would be you know good places to start for a lot of people. I, I tell you my favorite right now are, are of course, Eric Helms, because he's so, his temperament is so perfect. He, he's he so just, funny. He, he's not a, a dogmatic person. He's going no. to all sides. He's going to give you the facets of nuance. Um, you know, I, I, I like Trexler and Knuckles for the same reasons and, and, um, yeah, I mean, of, of course, like you, you're bringing up humor and personality. It's it's more fun to listen to people who are educated and, and you know have some some character. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll listen to just about anybody because I think they have a perspective that that is is a contribution to the conversation. Um, but I just I, I don't go much beyond that inner circle of people we know that the professors, the academics, the people who are really wow. studying this for a living. Yeah. So that's a very good rule of thumb for a lot of people who are wondering about the fitness industry and who to listen to. Those those are always good avenues of, of people to to go. And hopefully they start getting a little bit more charismatic, uh, you know, as as professors go. Right. Because how we talk about information is so important as well. But they, they are all pretty quite good at it. Yeah. Like I said, I, I tend to keep that circle small for myself because I've already filtered through a lot of the information, the people and you know, you have to be careful too, because that creates your own little echo chamber of confirmation bias. But, but, you know, as, as more people come onto the scene, I always definitely take a look. Um, and, and I argue with people that I don't agree with necessarily. And, and we have our, our fun and professional little debates and so forth. But again, you're talking about the, the, the side that is provably evidentially correct. And, and you're probably just deciding two sides of the same coin or different nuanced contexts of, of, a, of a, an application. And that's when you know you're on the right side where you can say, okay, maybe this in this context and this works for these people and this population with this much experience is different than this. And, and now you're at least in the ball game and you're learning something. You're not getting completely conned. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, guys, thanks again for watching Mind Muscle Connection. As always, Tyler and I will keep trying to bring stuff that is both uh, useful for you in, in hardcore fitness and nutrition and hopefully in other areas of your life. So we'll see you next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.